it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Eating More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. Accurately, dieting made me a depressed, anxiety-ridden bulimic. I dieted for years. That is, I started a diet every Monday morning and failed by noon, or if I managed to make it through the first day, I'd fail by about noon on the second day. I thought it was because I had no willpower. I was just a weak failure, right? That's what I told myself. I got so desperate that I tried prescription diet pills a few times. You know, they resulted in the same outcome as all of my other attempts without them. Slim fast, ab rollers, diet books, you name it, I took it, tried it, or used it. And then one day I just finally decided that the pain of staying the same outweighed the pain of whatever it would take for me to change, and I lost a lot of weight pretty quickly. And this time around it was pretty easy because I stopped listening to food rules and I just ate whatever I wanted, but I ate less of it. And I was highly motivated by self-loathing and the misguided notion that healing my crippling feelings of inadequacy would happen when I had a body that I was proud of. Self-hate can be a really powerful motivator for weight loss if it's strong enough, but it's the worst motivator ever for learning to love and care for our bodies. And make no mistake, weight loss that's fueled by self-hate is not healthy. Because I got to my goal weight and I still hated myself and my body. So I hired an IFBB Figure Pro online trainer. Because nobody created more perfect bodies than those ladies, am I right? She gave me a meal plan that was so far removed from anything else I had ever done before or was capable of sticking to that within four days of white knuckling my way through this thing, I had my first ever binge a bag of jujubes, 700 calories. I remember doing the math to determine how much I had just eaten and being so unbelievably disgusted with myself. Disgusted isn't even a big enough word. The next day I decided to get super strict and eat even less to make up for it. Two days later, an even worse binge. And it just kept getting worse. The harder that I tried to be good, the less in control I felt. So. I decided to do a figure competition. That would force me to, quote, be good, right? Ha! Within eight months or so of that first binge, I was sitting in a therapist's office in the middle of a competition prep being diagnosed with bulimia. You could have knocked me over with a feather. Bulimia? W-T-F. I didn't throw up. How was I bulimic? He explained throwing up was only one of many compensatory behaviors associated with bulimia. Mine were severely restricting intake and overexercise in the days following a binge. I would practically starve myself and exercise for an ungodly amount of hours the next day to, quote, try to make up for it. So bulimia is basically binge eating followed by some type of compensatory behavior. You don't have to be throwing up to be bulimic. Just an FYI in case you are somebody currently doing compensatory behaviors. The year following my first competition was one of the hardest of my life. Deep in the throes of bulimia, I started noticing depression and anxiety creeping in. 
because you can't live in that world of bulimia or binge eating and being at war with yourself and your food without having some level of depression and anxiety. Before I could ever even think about doing another competition, I knew that I needed to get myself well. So I spent a few years working on that. And when I felt confident that bulimia was solidly behind me, I attempted another competition in 2012. That time I won. I had recovered from bulimia and become a nationally qualified MPC figure athlete. Two pretty impressive feats for anyone to manage. But I didn't enjoy any of it. I still hated myself and my body. And while I wasn't bulimic anymore, I was still having the odd binge eating episodes. And that was the beginning of complete healing for me. After the competition, it was pretty clear that the hatred that I felt for my supposed imperfect body had nothing to do with my body and everything to do with how I felt about myself. Because the truth is, if you love yourself enough, it doesn't matter what your body looks like, you will love it. And if you hate yourself enough, it doesn't matter what your body looks like, you will never learn to love it. At the same time, some old injuries that never really healed properly because I didn't let them really started giving me trouble and affecting my ability to train the way I had been used to. Without all of the training, the depression and anxiety got worse. I was in pain from my back and my shoulder all of the time. I couldn't train the way that I wanted to or obsess over my, how my body looked anymore. So I was forced to learn to find happiness, acceptance, healing, and self-love outside of how my body looked or what it was capable of doing. And I also started noticing how prevalent disordered thoughts and behaviors surrounding food and our bodies have become among women in particular. Almost all of my clients were struggling in a lot of the same ways I had. Perhaps not to the level of bulimia, but many were binge eating and most were living with some form of very disordered eating habits, damaging thoughts and behaviors nonetheless. I thought my own struggles with food, dieting, meal plans, all of that stuff were all just me. I thought they were my struggles alone, you know, because I was so weak, I was so broken. So I kept it all to myself for a really long time and I didn't talk about it. But I've spent years watching not only my clients, but women everywhere all struggle in so many of the same ways that I had. People failing at diet and exercise goals is so common, it has become a running joke. It's the expected outcome that your friend will ultimately fail on whatever new diet she starts because she always does. Everyone always does. In my own quest for healing and learning to have better help my clients, I was reading and learning and I began noticing that as I was, parts of myself that had felt broken for a very long time started to heal and my whole life was changing. The choices that I was making for my body were finally changing in positive ways. And I gradually started changing my approach with clients based on what I was learning about healing my own stuff. And clients started changing for the better, being happier, feeling more in control of their bodies and their choices, having an easier time and healing their own broken parts. I thought I was unhappy because of my weight. I thought I hated myself because of my weight. And I thought that the solution was to fix the weight problem. But the truth was, 
I was unhappy and hating myself for reasons that had nothing to do with my weight. It certainly didn't help anything, but it was never the cause. It was the symptom. Lifelong weight, food, and body image issues are merely symptoms of deeper things going on inside of us. And the answer is most certainly not dieting. It has never been dieting. Dieting is making it worse by destroying our mental and physical health. That's why as the diet industry keeps getting bigger, so do we. And that's why I'm so vocal now about how badly we need to kill diet culture because I know that it is not just me. It's the overwhelming majority of our population. Dieting is disordered eating. It's a fine, often overlapping line away from an eating disorder. And research shows that it's one of the biggest contributing factors to developing a full-blown eating disorder. And eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of all mental illness. Our diet-obsessed culture is screwing up with our relationships with food and ourselves on such a massive scale that it's made disordered eating not only socially acceptable, but expected and normal. We are taught that happiness with ourselves and our bodies requires being super controlled with what goes in our mouth, even when it comes at a huge mental, emotional, and physical cost. The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders defines disordered eating as a wide range of irregular eating behaviors that do not warrant a diagnosis of a specific eating disorder. Signs and symptoms of disordered eating may include, but are not limited to, chronic yo-yo dieting, frequent weight fluctuations, extremely rigid and unhealthy food and exercise regimes, feelings of guilt and shame when unable to maintain food or exercise habits, preoccupation with food, body and exercise that causes distress and has a negative impact on quality of life, compulsive or emotionally driven eating, use of compensatory measures such as exercise, severe food restriction, and purging or laxative use to make up for food consumed, fasting or chronic restrained eating, skipping meals, Binge eating, restrictive dieting, unbalanced eating, that is restricting a major food group like fat foods, fatty foods or carbohydrates, laxative, diuretic, enema misuse, and using diet pills. Disordered eating is so normal that people either minimize or don't even realize the impact that it's having on their mental and physical health. Harmful consequences include a greater risk of obesity and eating disorders, bone loss, gastrointestinal disturbances, electrolyte and fluid imbalances, lower heart rate and blood pressure, increased anxiety and depression and social isolation. Disordered eating is a serious concern that's hard to address because dieting has made it such an ordinary, commonplace part of our culture. Dieting has made the abnormal, normal and acceptable. It's made dysfunction something to celebrate. It's made punishing ourselves part of everyday life. But those things are not normal. Restricting food and entire food groups is not a normal way for humans to live. Feeling guilt and shame around the things we choose to put in our mouths is not normal. Eating until we're sick is not normal. Purposely not allowing ourselves to eat when we're actually hungry is not normal. But because diet culture has made it accepta 
acceptable and expected, we never talk about the significant physical, emotional, and mental stress it's causing. And we need to start. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.